from MPB Think Radio. It's Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Sherita Brent here with Mary Margaret Miller from Visit Mississippi. Today, Mary Margaret will check in with us from the Backstage Pass event in Vicksburg. Wayne Andrews will tell us about the Oxford Fiber Arts Festival that kicked off yesterday and goes through Sunday. It's time for the Clarksdale Film Festival again. Roger Stoll will fill us in, and Jackson will host a Chinese Heritage Festival Saturday. Plus, Mississippi can play some football. We'll talk about this week's A Threat Through Time as we celebrate Mississippi's bicentennial all year long. You can give us a call and tell us about any local events going on in your area. It's 877-MPB-RING. The number is 877-672-7464. Follow the conversation on Twitter. Search the hashtag NextStopMS. It's Next Stop Mississippi, and it's coming up after the news on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sherita Brent, joined today by Mayor Margaret Miller. Well, she's going to join us in a moment. She is in Vicksburg at the Backstage Pass event, so she'll join us a little later in the show. But uh, Sam Wells is going to be co-hosting with me throughout the show today. Good morning, Sam. How are you? Good morning, Sherita. It is freezing outside and in this room that we're sitting in right now. Yeah. I'm so disappointed because my birthday is Sunday, and all leading up to this weekend, we've had warm weather. I've been wearing short sleeves, and the the, the weekend of my birthday is when it's going to be cold. I'm like, man, this is so unfortunate. But, uh, you know, I've not gotten a chance to wear any of my cold clothes and attire this year this year so you know i can't complain too much yeah we, my, my wife and i live in an older home in the fondern area of jackson mm-hmm. uh so i wear my winter clothes like all the time yeah because it is freezing <laughs> in my house no matter if i have the heat on or not it doesn't matter so right i'll just put on a sweatshirt and deal with it well, we have a lot of great things to talk about today. In addition to the Backstage Pass event, we're going to talk about the Oxford Fiber Arts Festival. I think this is the seventh year. It started yesterday and it's going to go through Sunday. Also, the Clarksdale Film Festival is a really big deal. They have a nice theme this year. We're going to talk with Roger Stoll, who's going to tell us a little bit about that. And the Chinese Heritage Festival uh, has become an annual thing. Uh, we're going to have a representative to talk with us about that as well. I believe today's the Chinese New Year. Yeah. So happy New Year. Yeah, it is connected to the Chinese New Year. Yeah. And now we're going to be celebrating it right here in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, so excited to have that guest on as well. Um, but, uh, Sam, we have been uh, featuring this uh, this this thing called uh, Mississippi, a thread through time. Uh, it's something that uh, MPB thought to do in recognition of our state's bicentennial year. So this is a series of one minute documentaries. And each week we're going to follow another thread in the rich tapestry of our state's history. So there's a lot of history to cover. And I think this was a great idea uh, by MPB to produce these documentaries and this one is going to be uh, one that you absolutely love and and just are completely <laughs> engaged in sam uh, this one is talking about football and some of the pro hall of famers we have that are from mississippi or connected to mississippi in some way so let's uh, take a listen to that one it's super bowl time so let's talk football Did you know that on a per capita basis, Mississippi has more players in the Pro Football Hall of Fame than any other state? It started with Bruiser Kennard from Peelahatchee and Ole Miss. Then there's Brookhaven's Lance Allworth, Yazoo City's Willie Brown, and Vicksburg's Billy Shaw. Three of our Hall of Famers went to Jackson State, Gulfport's Lynn Barney, Columbia's Walter Payton, and Jackson's Jackie Slater. 
And who could forget Jerry Rice from Crawford in Mississippi Valley State? And of course, Brett Favre from Kill in Southern Miss. And there are even three more Hall of Famers from out of state that played their college ball in Mississippi. Gene Hickerson at Ole Miss, Ray Guy at Southern Miss, and Deacon Jones at Valley. Yeah, I'd put that team up against anybody. This has been Mississippi, a thread through time. All right, Sam, so you being a sports history buff, you probably knew all these things already, but I absolutely did not. Uh, Football is not necessarily one of my favorite sports. I'm just kind of now getting into it. But I was very impressed to find out that we have this kind of sports history in our state. Oh, yeah. Uh, If there's one thing Mississippi does, I'm taking off my loud coat. Uh, (laughs) If there's one thing Mississippi does well, Sharita, it is play sports for sure. We had a lot of folks represented in the the Olympics this past summer Mm -hmm. uh, in Rio with a couple of guys, uh, a couple of guys and girls winning numerous amounts of medals uh, and, and football is certainly no different than that uh, you a lot of talk and a lot of fanfare you know about southern miss old miss mississippi state but jackson state mississippi valley and alcorn state have rich histories uh, even the smaller colleges have huge histories as well junior college football is a huge deal in uh, in the state and you'll have many more hall of famers to come from mississippi uh, coming up you know of course eli the eli manning will probably make the hall of fame with two super bowls dak prescott started a pretty solid career i'm not saying he's a hall of famer yet but you never mm-hmm. know uh, and then this weekend, or not this weekend, but next weekend with the Super Bowl, you'll have uh, at least one player from Mississippi in that game who will be making a case for himself to be in the Hall of Fame, and it's Madison uh, native Stephen Guskowski, the kicker for the New England Patriots, who's oh, one of the yeah. best kickers in the history of the NFL. And he's uh, from Madison. And he went to Madison Central <laughs> High School. I did not know that. And he kicked at Memphis University of Memphis. Also, was a pitcher on the Memphis baseball team also. Mm-hmm. So uh, he is a very multi-talented uh, guy. And, of course, uh, Malcolm Butler, you know, the savior of the Super Bowl two years ago, is from Vicksburg. Yeah. Brandon Bolden, one of the running backs for the Patriots, is from Ole Miss. And uh, is from actually Louisiana. Uh, uh, Baton Rouge is where he, he grew up. And then uh, the special teams uh, coach for the Pats is uh, an ex-kicker for Mississippi State. So wow. there's Mississippi all over the place in the Super Bowl this uh, this time. So if you're looking for a team to cheer for and you don't have a, a dog in the fight, pull for the Mississippi guys uh, that play for uh, that play for the Patriots. Yeah. So do you think uh, because of our history uh, that Mississippi is just a, a prime state when it comes to recruiting? And would you think this is one of the states where people look first? Oh, most certainly. And, it, and especially the the uh, schools that are in Mississippi have to keep players home. Uh, it was a, it's a big deal. Of course, Jay White and I talk about this on season past Thursdays at 10. A little quick plug in there for our, for our uh, program. But a lot of the players have uh, have left the state this, this year in recruiting. But uh, per capita, Mississippi has one of the more rich states as far as football players from top to bottom. I mean, you look all over the country at any college in any league, there is or there is bound to be some player who's doing something from Mississippi in each one of those conferences. And, uh, of course, a lot of the heralded players, you know, the people celebrate around here from Mississippi uh, at Southern Miss, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Jackson State, Alcorn State. What people don't understand, too, Sharita, is that back in the uh, the 60s uh, when before, you know, integration in schools and things like that, uh, Jackson State had, I think they're 1969 or 68 team I don't know right off the top of my I don't have the note right in front of me but something like 17 players were drafted off Jackson State's team that year wow that's uh, amazing I mean that's that, hard that's crazy that's a hard I accomplishment mean, the, yeah the NFL had much more many more rounds in the draft uh, then than they do now but I mean still I mean uh, you know you hear you know uh, I know I grew up hearing about Archie Manning and uh, Ole Miss and you know all that stuff but uh, Jackson State if Jackson State and Ole Miss would have played back then 
I don't. Mm-hmm. You don't know who who would have won that game. I, I would probably lean towards Jackson State with all the hall, with the uh, couple of NFL Hall of Famers on the team. So, yeah, you know, it's a it's a rich history for sure that needs to be celebrated. And I'm glad we have a, a sports Hall of Fame down the street from uh, from where our studio is. With yeah, I was going to ask you to just talk a little bit about the the sports Hall of Fame uh, museum. I've not gone in a long time, but I mean, those are some of the the most fun places to go as a student uh, for a field trip. But I knew we were going to the sports Hall of Fame museum. I got really really excited, but uh, I know they have like a Hall of Fame class that comes out uh, every so often. So talk a little bit about that museum and why it's something that people should, you know, maybe visit. Oh, yeah. They've added so much more stuff to it since I went. My father and I went back in like 2000. So I need to go back and, and uh, get in there. I've been a couple of times for events. Of course, Mississippians uh, love throwing parties. So if you want to throw a party, I think they uh, allow you to rent the, the space out. Um, but if you are a sports fan in Mississippi, no matter what sport you like, they have something about it uh, in there. Uh, Bill Blackwell's done a great job, former general manager of the uh, the old Jackson Generals and the Jackson Mets. He actually was on uh, MPB season pass around Christmas time promoting, uh, visiting the Hall of Fame and had a big fat World Series ring from 1986 when the Mets uh, won the World Series. So uh, Bill knows what he's doing over there. It's a first class place uh, and it's it's nonprofit. So any any amount of money that you uh, would like to donate them or give them, they put it back in the museum, kind of like we do here at MPB. So it's a uh, it's a great place to go, and uh, and most certainly, folks uh, from around the state, if you hadn't been, uh, go and support the Hall of Fame because um, it needs it needs support, and it's a fun place to go. Yeah, and another thing I think is really cool is how some of these Hall of Famers and athletes will come back and move to Mississippi and just be completely accessible because Mississippi is home for them. No matter where they've gone on their different teams, where they've moved, where that, where else they have another home, they can come here and know that they're at home and be comfortable around the residents of Mississippi. So I think oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, for sure. And most of them who, you know, players who go to the NFL and come back, go to the or, or from the NBA, any of these professional leagues during the offseason train at their university. So mm-hmm. it's not a stretch to be on on the campus of Mississippi State and see Dak Prescott working out. You're in Oxford, you'll see Eli Manning or some of the other players from Ole Miss there, Southern Miss too, uh, all the colleges, JSU, Alcorn, Mississippi Valley, welcome back their alums to come and work out and show uh, the players that are there now what's possible. And, man, to think Deacon Jones went to little bitty tiny Mississippi Valley State is nuts yeah. <laughs> to me. I mean, Deacon Jones is a legendary defensive end. That pretty much his play – constituted some of the rules changes that we see in today's game. So, I mean, mm-hmm. illegal uh, illegal contact uh, mm-hmm. with a helmet, that was, you know, not Deacon Jones, not the um, not the dirty play, but, uh, you know, he would ha- he had a little forehead slap that he would kind of give the <laughs> offensive line and allow him to get back there. So uh, he revolutionized the game. Well, that's awesome for us. So that's just uh, a little piece of uh, Mississippi, a threat through time. That was one of the documentaries, the one minute documentaries that was featured on our website. And if you want to see more of these documentaries, you can go to mpbonline.org. We also post them on our MPB Facebook page. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to learn about the Fiber Arts Festival happening in Oxford. Still to come, Mary Margaret Miller is going to join us. She's at the Backstage Pass event in Vicksburg. Also, we'll find out about the Chinese Heritage Festival, which is happening in Jackson. And the Clarksdale Film Festival is coming up as well. If you want to give us a call, join the conversation, let us know about any local events going on in your area. Know we're reaching the end of the month. Uh, first month of 2016 is almost over. Uh, but if there's something in particular that's going on this weekend in your part of Mississippi, call us 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or email nextstop at mpbonline.org. We'll be back in just a moment. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 
To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent, joined in studio today by Sam Wells. And later in the show, Mayor Margaret Miller of Backstage Pass is going to join us. She's at the Backstage Pass event in Vicksburg. We're going to talk with her a little later in the show. Also, the Clarksdale Film Festival is here again. They have a really cool theme. They're celebrating uh, blues music, and we're going to talk with them. Roger Stoll is going to fill us in about that. And also, uh, we'll talk about Several things uh, that are happening in the the city this weekend, including the Chinese Heritage Festival. That's a really cool event. It's been going on for some years. Uh, This is the the Chinese New Year, according to Sam. I didn't check the calendar, but that's what Sam says, so we're going to roll with it. I think it's the year of the rooster, so I'm curious to know. yes, I did see a picture of a rooster. What (laughs) what that means, so I'm not sure. Right, Uh, but if you want to join the conversation this morning and let us know about any local events going on in your area this weekend, give us a call at 877 MPB ring. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can send an email to nextstop at mpbonline.org. And uh, while we're waiting for our Oxford Fiber Arts Festival guest to get on, uh, Sam, there was uh, something that you wanted to talk about. Well, yeah, I was going to say how ironic. First of all, we're waiting on the Oxford guest because I have an event here in Starkville, which is happening uh, tomorrow. Uh, it's the And, and it, uh, it revolves around what we were talking about uh, before mm-hmm. the last segment, the Super Bowl, S-O-U-P, or bowl in, uh, in Starkville tomorrow from 4 to 6. Uh, it'll be upstairs at Restaurant Tyler. Advanced tickets uh, for children and adults are available for that. So it's a bunch of businesses and, uh, and restaurants in Starkville who are making a bunch of delicious soups. I love soup, and it's perfect weather for soup, too. Yeah, it's so, about time because yeah. it has not been <laughs> no. soup weather lately. I want to wash my face. I want to put it in the refrigerator and wash my face with it before, but now you <laughs> want to eat it. Yeah, there's a place uh, in the Fondren area called Surin. I guess it's Surin or oh, Surin. Yeah. Uh, they have this coconut soup, and you can add shrimp or you can add chicken. And it is absolutely delicious. So that's a place that I go quite often for soup. Um, Also, kind of along the lines of soup, uh, there's a young lady in in Jackson, more in the South Jackson area. Uh, Her restaurant is called Gumbo Girl, and she serves some of the best gumbo. I mean, it has everything you can think of in it, and it is really, really good. She sells, like, turkey necks and some other things as well. So I might give uh, the Gumbo Girl a visit today because it's cold enough for gumbo. I want you to tell me what these turkey necks taste like. I don't know if I'm adventurous enough to try that. It's not that difficult, Sam. You just, I mean, it just tastes like a, a neck bone. I mean, it's it's uh, good meat. I'll give it a shot. I'm not right. I'm not adverse to, to trying new stuff. But to eat it with some rice and a little juice, it's, it's delicious. That Turkey sounds, necks are awesome. It sounds good. <laughs> uh, but uh, we're going to jump ahead and, and talk to Roger Stoll about the Clarksdale Film Festival, uh, which is coming up. Good morning, uh, Roger. Thanks for being on today. Can you hear good me? Morning. Hey, how's yeah. it going? Good, good. I, I want some turkey necks, though. Yes, yes. Well, uh, you, you're going to have much more uh, fun things than, than turkey necks uh, at the, the Clarksdale Film Festival. This is a, a really big deal, and it's, it's awesome, and I'm, I'm also really excited to hear about it. Uh, so what year is this for the Clarksdale Film Festival? This is our seventh, believe it or not. Time flies. Okay. Now, the people who do the film festival are the same folks who do the Juke Joint Festival. Is that right? Yeah, we have uh, Clarksdale Clarksdale Downtown Development Association is our nonprofit, and these are the two events per year we put on. Now, uh, would you say that, you know, the the film festival gives Hollywood a run for their money? (laughs) 
Absolutely. Sundance, the Academy, they're all nervous. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about the theme of the festival this year. Sure. So the overall theme of our festival year to year, in fact, is that the films are either Mississippi connected, as in about Mississippi or made in Mississippi or made by Mississippians who may or may not still live here, or it is blues or roots music related. So, um, you know, we really feel being here in Clarksdale, Mississippi, so the home of the honorary crossroads, we feel like, you know, most of American music really comes from here and, wor- and world music, frankly, at this point, popular music. So we try to really highlight a lot of documentaries that are tied to that. Okay. So who are some of the filmmakers that uh, you use in the festival? Are they from Mississippi? Are they folks who study about Mississippi? Where do the filmmakers come from? So they range from a local filmmaker who does uh, a lot of short films and film workshops, things like that, Coop Cooper, who's also handling our Q&As and such at the festival this weekend, uh, to guys like Robert Muggy, uh, who has multiple films in this year's event and has had films in the past year events. He's done a lot of things with roots and blues music and a lot of films made in Mississippi. But, you know, we also have a guy flying in from Austria for the world premiere of the feature on Saturday night. Wow. So it's truly international in scope. I mean, today we have at least four foreign countries, I think, represented just in the lineup today. Well, can you talk with us um, a little deeper about some of the, the films that are going to be uh, featured, uh, like The Last of the Mississippi Jukes? You, you mentioned Robert Muggy. Uh, what are some of these films about? What can people expect? Sure. So um, last night we had two evening features, uh, mainly because one was blues and one was not blues. And we always try to have at least one thing. The tourists are here, and that's what they want to see. They can see it. So we had Shattered was a feature, which... Uh, was based in a fictional Clarksdale. Um, and then we also had Last of the Mississippi Jukes, which has just come back out. Beautiful-looking print uh, on uh, DVD uh, just recently. And then tonight, so folks can still make this, tonight they can show up at Delta Cinema at 5 p.m., catch some live lobby blues. And then the uh, feature film is on 97-year-old Gip Gibson. He's a juke joint owner, a bluesman. He digs graves by day and plays blues at night. Uh, from Bessemer, Alabama, and he's one of the last of the handful of juke joints that's still, you know, long-running juke joints that's still presenting blues on a weekly basis. So we're really excited to have that. We've got the filmmakers here. We will have Gip actually showed up a day early, so he's been hanging around, which is very cool. Uh, then Saturday night, similarly, uh, we'll start out with music in the lobby at Delta Cinema, and the feature is a relative youngster, uh, the subject matter. He's only 84. He'll be 85 next month. Uh, that's Leo Bud Welch mm-hmm. and Austrian director Wolfgang Almers flying in just for the world premiere. Uh, so we're very excited because nobody's seen this movie yet. So talk a little bit more about uh, the, the presence of Leo Bud Welch. I mean, he's such an, an outstanding figure. Uh, how special is it to, to have him in the midst of uh, this film festival? Well, it's amazing because he's, he's the real deal. He's why guys like me get into this business. Mm-hmm. It is a business at all. Um, wanting to work with documentaries and with blues music because he is a living fossil. And he was discovered about 80 years old. Um, he's had a four, almost five-year run here of, you know, he's done two acclaimed recordings. He has toured the world. I mean, he's been to Europe multiple times, to South America, to Africa, all of the U.S., Canada. You know, it's a guy that really was completely unknown to us just five years ago. Nobody knew about him mm-hmm. uh, within the blues community um, just folks living over in Bruce, Mississippi. So it's incredible that he is still here, still doing his thing better than ever. 
And, of course, she's just thrilled. I mean, aside from all the money he's made the past couple of years, which has been <laughs> real good, uh, he's just had a blast. And, uh, of course, he loves, as any old bluesman does, or perhaps any bluesman, period, uh, loves all the attention from the ladies. You know, <laughs> yes. Um, so I've heard that Clarksdale, you can find live music there pretty much seven nights a week. Is that true? You need to take pretty much out of the statement, and it's absolutely true. We wow. have gone for over two and a half years now, solid, every single night, live blues in Clarksdale, even holidays. Um, I sat over at Red, the juke joint here in town, with the band uh, Thanksgiving night. Nobody showed up, but the band was ready to play. So it wow. <laughs> now, now, that is amazing. Uh, to, it, to... it is, and it's an artificial thing. I'll be honest. We work very hard to make that happen mm-hmm. because we get tourists from all around the world every day. Right. And sometimes it's just a couple. But, you know, if we're going to promise to be this blues mecca, not just historically, but currently, then we have to be able to deliver on the promise. And the promise is live, live blues every night. Uh, now, folks who want to see, you know, well, how do I know when it is, where it is, uh, festivals, clubs, juke joints, they can go to cathead.biz, which is my blues store website, cathead.biz. Mm-hmm. There's a live music calendar. It actually covers more than just Clarksdale, but it starts in Clarksdale. and has all the festivals, clubs, juke joints. And we really encourage people to, to come visit uh, because of the... You know, because of all the live blues and events, we now have all these really cool places to stay we didn't used to have. I mean, we do have a new Hampton Inn, certainly very nice, but we also have, you know, a hugely expanded Shack Up Inn. Uh, we have historic places like the Riverside Hotel, and we have about 35 overnight apartments, including some, I call them luxury overnight lots in downtown Clarksdale. So people can stay somewhere cool, see great music every single night, and then occasionally catch our festival events. Now, uh, I've also heard that sometimes tourists end up moving to Clarksdale and just uh, become uh, uh, an an integral part of the tourism there. Is there truth to that as well? Yes, you're speaking to one. I was a tourist in the 1990s, and now I've been here 15 years. Wow. And uh, when I used to visit, in fact, a local cheerleader for town and local businessman who I later started Juke Joint Festival with, Bubba O'Keefe, he used to always say to me, you should just move here. But, of course, he was kind of saying that as a joke. And one day it's like, I am. And it's like, <laughs> you know, what? <laughs> so, you know, uh, it does happen within the past, mainly the past decade, really. We've had people move here from at least a dozen U.S. states, at least four foreign countries. We have two separate, unrelated couples from Australia. You could eat tonight at Levon, great new restaurant, the next street over from where I'm standing on Sunflower Avenue. And that's an Australian couple. You can wow. Get food there and ask them, why, why did you guys move here, you know? Wow, that's amazing. Um, well, uh, before we let you go, I wanted to, to go back to the film festival uh, once again. Uh, so the documentarians and the, 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 the filmmakers uh, are going to be pretty much accessible for fans. They, like they can talk and, and speak with them and kind of get the, the backstory on some of these films. Exactly. And for the feature films in particular, we'll have a facilitator. We'll do like an, an introduction so people know these are the folks and then uh, after the films this evening and uh, the film tomorrow night, there'll be a, an actual Q&A uh, that Coop Cooper will host for us with the directors, producers, if they're here. Um, of course, the two subjects of the two nightly features, the two bluesmen, will be here as well. And then throughout the day, like Robert Muggy, he'll be doing an introduction to a series of films this afternoon that are his movies uh, at noon. And then he'll be just hanging around all weekend to talk to fans. 
Well, this sounds uh, absolutely amazing. Um, I've been down. I've not gotten a chance to go to Ground Zero just yet, but um, I know I've heard that that is a place, if you're a blues musician, that you want Ground Zero on your resume. (laughs) Absolutely. And, you know, they have a blues jam night every Thursday night. So even musicians who maybe, you know, won't be able to get in there as a touring act could still get up, play a couple songs with the band if they play, and then get a photo and, hey, people think you're headlined. Nobody knows the difference. Right. <laughs> well, Roger, thank you so much for joining us today. And once again, could you remind us of the details of the remaining activities for the film festival and where people sure. can go to find more information? Sure. So folks can go to ClarksdaleFilmFestival.com, ClarksdaleFilmFestival.com, where they're welcome to call me on the hotline, 662-624-5992, for more details. It's the 7th International Clarksdale Film and Music Festival. It is going on starting in about an hour Less than an hour it'll start uh, in terms of films today. We're on all day today into early evening and then all day tomorrow into the evening. Saturday, we also have History Bus Tours of Clarksdale, included with the, uh, the ticket as well, which is neat, a film workshop and things of that nature. Excellent. Well, Roger, thank you so much for being on today, and I hope the, the festival goes well. We appreciate you uh, sharing the information today. Thank you. Well, thanks so much. Take care. All right. We need to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll learn about the Oxford Fiber Arts Festival, which is coming up. Also, Mary Margaret Miller is going to join us. She's live at the Backstage Pass event in Vicksburg. And we're still going to learn about the Chinese Cultural Spring Festival happening in Jackson. You can give us a call. Let us know what events are coming up in your area this weekend. 877-MPB-RING. 877-672-7464 or email nextstop at mpbonline.org. This is Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent, joined today by Sam Wells, who's my producer and sitting in as my co-host. And Mayor Margaret Miller is on the road again. She's in Vicksburg at the Backstage Pass event, and she'll join us in just a moment. But first, we're going to go to Oxford as our next stop and find out a little bit about the Oxford Fiber Arts Festival. Uh, good morning to you, Wayne. Thanks so much for being on today. Thank you for having us and letting us uh, share information about Mississippi's oldest and largest fiber arts festival. Well, you've already answered one of my questions. I was going to ask uh, how, how old the, the festival is, but let me ask, how old is the art form of fiber arts in general? Uh, well, wow, that goes, that's been through history since we, uh, since every, uh, you know, communities had to grow and make their, their own clothing. It goes back that far. That's what we're talking about when we talk about fiber arts, how we take uh, you know the, the, the hairs from animals. How we take the the plant material that we grow and and turn it into uh, useful materials, decorative materials, uh, and then as as those skills progress, as you you know think about the quality of even your kind of grandmother's quilt, how that takes on a uh, a new uh, a new dimension when you start thinking about uh, the design she put into it to, for her own style. And uh, now you've got artists that. Um, as it's no longer a, maybe a necessary craft because you don't have to do it just to have as a functional tool, but you've got fine artists uh, doing it as a uh, 
as an art form and a decorative form and, and doing it as, as unique features. Um, so that's, that's what the festival covers, both where these traditions come from, especially with Mississippi as an agricultural state, um, to how it's, it's progressed beyond just a functional thing to fine art. So is there a large community of fiber artists, or is it just a small portion of people that are keeping the art form alive? It, it's, it's very large and very vibrant. We'll have about 3,000 people attending the festival this weekend, hmm. uh, representing eight different states uh, and covering a wide dimension of fiber arts. So as, you, as you think about it, it is, it is such a hard term to understand because we're talking about things like sewing, quilting, weaving, looming, spinning, hmm. um, you know, applique, uh, we've got in, we've got 28 classes going on this weekend, and you can learn everything from uh, you know kind of button making all the way to Japanese uh, fiber art forms, basic quilt making. So it's when you think about fiber, it's how does everything get from that 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 animal hair that you know the sheep wool or cotton or other you know hemp into um, something decorative or, or functional, uh, you know, and and so. It covers a wide, wide path of skills um, that, that, you know, maybe we forget how much talent and, and time goes into that. Yeah, so we've just been in the midst of fiber arts, and, and some of us, especially me, just, just might not have been able to recognize that that's what it was when you talk about quilts and, and spinning and sewing. I mean, those things were uh, central parts of my grandmother's and my big mama's lives. They sewed, and, and they were fiber artists, and I guess I just didn't didn't even know it. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, you've got, I mean, this is why I think this festival is so important. You, you just talked about your whole family history. My grandmother, uh, you know, was a seamstress. And although this was a way she earned a living and provided for, you know, my father, it also became a talent that she did and, and the things she had around the house. And it told her story as, you know, an Irish immigrant coming to America and getting a job uh, and, and supplying for her family. And then what the materials that have been passed down. My grandchild now wears the the hand-sewn uh, bonnet that has been in our family for a hundred years, from a skill that my you know my grandmother learned. Yeah, that's amazing. Wayne, do you see many people coming uh, coming through there to try and teach the younger generation some of this stuff? Because I feel like there's not that much, not many people are doing that uh, from a young age anymore. I, I know a lot of people you know grew up doing it, like you said. I mean. I, my grandmother sewed. I have no idea how to even sew on a button. Uh, I have to take it to <laughs> somebody <neither>. else <laughs> to get them to do it. So do you see more people uh, coming through there and trying to teach the younger generation how to do this? This is, uh, you know, it's, this whole festival is about kind of exactly shocking all of us uh, of what goes on. It, it, things seem to skip a generation, and as we are, are so tied to our phones, there's a whole generation that puts down the phone and says, I need – time to be away from the tech and make something by hand and have this sense of accomplishment and return and centering things. So the classes fill up with young professionals yeah. uh, and the classes are designed to, to both give you a little bit of history, a little bit of understanding. They're beginning classes. You don't have to know anything. You can come and learn uh, and, and kind of get that sense of fulfillment. But our classes, it is not, this is not all of our grandmothers uh, having tea and sitting in a circle and knitting. <laughs> this is an exciting festival of live animals and kids learning and action and, you know, things spinning and young professionals coming and saying, you know, I need to tune out for an afternoon. I'm going to go learn weekend and have a, an actual cultural experience and learn and then go back and plug into their, you know, high tension, high tech jobs. 
Yeah, I was seeing that there are going to be 17 different vendors there, along with some demonstrators. I saw a really cool video of, of a lady teaching what looked to be a younger lady about spinning, and she was talking about the speed of it and the technique of it, and, and I was captivated in that couple minutes. So sure. um, I think you're absolutely right that it's not just uh, reserved for one generation. And, and we encourage you, uh, Saturday is really designed to be this family day. So if you want to bring young kids, we'll have activities for young kids. Um, we'll have the live animals. So they can actually see that, you know, uh, how they use brushes to, you know, harvest sounds terrible, but, you know, how to, to they have these wonderful brushes they use that, that pull the, um, the, the, the hairs and the fibers kind of as, like they're being stroked and that they put it into this hand kind of. Uh, so it's an educational experience. It's also fun to come and see something, as you said, that we don't always see. So you can come see and explore, and, and you know the, the the people going and the exhibitors will you know put your child on that loom and say, "This is how it works. This is what how it goes." Um, so you can actually see the things that are made here in our state, the wonderful quilters, the fibers and yarns that are made right here in Mississippi, with the with the materials they make. Yeah. Well, um, I, I saw, I think uh, Thacker Mountain Radio was involved yesterday, and uh, Diane Williams is a friend of mine. I know she was doing uh, a demonstration this morning. Um, uh, once again, remind folks of, of what is left of the festival. Uh, you mentioned there's a kids' uh, event going on, uh, but how, how many days are left in, in the events that are left? Sure. Uh, the festival runs through um, uh, through Sunday, so it's, it's all this weekend. Um, there are exhibitors all day Friday and Saturday. Uh, so you can come and you can tour and see all the different things. Saturday we'll have the live animals, the sheep, the rabbits, the, the, the big massive llama that they bring. Um, so you can see the llama. Um, and we'll have kids uh, activities so they can, they can start immersing themselves in it. Uh, then Sunday is the last classes where we have uh, just classes only that you do have to pre-register for. Uh, you can find the whole schedule online, read about the exhibitors and the classes. It's um, uh, OxfordArts.com, and the festival is located in Oxford, Mississippi, at the Powerhouse Community Arts Center. It's right on our main street of University Avenue. Excellent. Well, Wayne, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it, and and uh, glad that you guys are, are keeping this festival going. It sounds really interesting, and uh, we appreciate the work that you do. So thanks for joining us, Wayne. Great. I hope everyone will come and see us, and uh, thanks for the opportunity to share our story. Absolutely. That was Wayne Andrews of the Oxford Fiber Arts Festival. A really cool event going on. And Sam, I'll admit I am shame, just shameful that I don't know how to sew. Like my, my, my mother made clothes. My grandmother made clothes. My my big mama made clothes. And I don't know how to sew anything. Like it's, it's embarrassing, man. I <laughs> love clothes. Uh, anybody who knows me in my personal life knows that. So I, I, a good seamstress is very, very tough to find. True. So if you know how to do it or you know somebody who knows how to do it and do it, you know, really well, it's a huge benefit to, you know, how you take care of your clothes, how they fit, how they're supposed to fit, that sort of stuff. So it's a, it's, it's a lost art, really. Absolutely. Well, we have Mary Margaret Miller on the line. Uh, she's not with us today because she's always working and traveling. And today she's in Vicksburg. Mary Margaret, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Sharita. Good morning, Sam. Great to be on the line with you guys. So do you know how to sew? I'm sure you do because you're multi-talented. 
No, I, my husband is actually the seamstress in our family. I, oh. I don't pick up a needle and thread, but <laughs> I will. I have to say I'm kind of giggling over here because Wayne Andrews, who was just on the line talking about the Oxford Fiber Arts Festival, is also here with me in Vicksburg, Mississippi oh, for wow. the Backstage Pass Conference. <laughs> so I you had, two could have um, been in the same room, actually. I know. I, I had breakfast this morning listening to Wayne talk about the Mississippi Presenters Network, which is a, an organization that connects arts groups from around the state. And Wayne really is kind of like the rock star in the world of arts organizing. So it's been awesome to have him here over the past two days and glad um, that he was able to call in and, and tell about what's going on in North Mississippi today. Absolutely. So tell us why you're in Vicksburg. What is this uh, Backstage Pass event all about? Sure. Well, I am in Vicksburg for the sixth annual Backstage Pass. This is our Festival and Event Coordinators Conference. Um, we've got more than 180 people here at the Vicksburg Convention Center to learn about how to become better event planners and promoters. So we've been um, hosting sessions for the past two days. They range everything from using technology to tell your story, marketing on a budget, um, even into um, a little more um, programmatic uh, type panels and and, and lectures. Uh, yesterday, I got to facilitate a panel called um, Civil Rights Stories, How to Tell Mississippi's Complicated History, um, which was very well received as we see more and more communities and community partners interested in the civil rights movement and how to talk about what happened um, in their hometowns. So it's been a great couple of days, very informative. Um, and, you know, while while the focus of this event is really training festival and event planners, helping them do their jobs better. There's just nowhere in the state to get this sort of professional development except at that backstage pass. Um, but it's ultimately about the creative economy and um, economic development, how festivals and events really play into the bottom line of our communities and, and grow our income in the state. So uh, we've had a great couple of days. Uh, last night we were at the Biscuit Company, have you been there? No, I have not, but it sounds good. I like biscuits. <laughs> so I'll have to tell you about a biscuit in a minute. Um, we had our awesome Mississippi Artist Roster Showcase last night. So we had six artists at the Biscuit Company, which is a um, just well-loved um, restaurant and bar in downtown Vicksburg. Uh, but we featured Brick Gully, the great um, country music singer-songwriter who has a strong tie to Jimmy Rogers. Little Willie Farmer, great, great um, blues musician. Jason Messina, uh, Tamia, who I know is a is a compadre of yours, yes. uh, Sharita. She really brought the house down. Um, Emerald Accent, a great Irish band. And then the night wrapped up with Dexter Allen. Um, right. So we had uh, a lot of fun at the Biscuit Company hearing these musicians who are all listed on the artist roster um, for the Mississippi Arts Commission and can be brought in through their grants program. So um, the Mississippi uh, Main Street Association Vicksburg Group um, here, downtown Vicksburg Group, opened their shop stayed open late, so after we wrapped up the, um, the the music, people got out and shopped and can go in and out of all the, the great places on Main Street, and it was just a lot of fun. Yeah, talk a little bit about uh, the historic Vicksburg area. It just feels different when you're walking uh, down there. I can't remember where I was the last time, but as soon as you get downtown, the streets change. You know, just it's just uh, aesthetically pleasing to the eye. Uh, but could you talk about kind of the importance of uh, the, the downtown area in Vicksburg? 
Oh, absolutely. Now, you know, Vicksburg, they call themselves the key to the South. Mm. And that's a reference to to the Civil War. Um, but the, the what happened in Vicksburg is really so important to American history and, and how our, our country um, evolved and changed uh, after the Civil War. And when you come to Vicksburg, you can really still feel and see a, a lot of that history all around. Um, as I mentioned, uh, Washington Street, which is sort of like the main street, if you will, of Vicksburg, has a lot of wonderful shops, great restaurants. I'm telling you, there's more to eat here than than I realized, but also a lot of art galleries, a lot of uh, boutique dress shops, and um, uh, one of the best coffee shops and and art galleries, uh, uh, Attic Gallery, uh, in the state, you know, one of my favorites. So um, there's a real sense of hospitality. It's alive and well in Vicksburg, um, but the river is just so central to um, the kind of the fabric here. Um, Vicksburg's very hilly, so you often have these great views and vistas of the river from different points in the community. But then you can walk right down to the river to their um, amazing mural project that kind of stretches the length of the water in the downtown area and get close. You really get close and kind of feel it um, in your bones. And uh, it's just a neat place to be. Uh, (laughs) I was uh, driving over to the convention center today and saw our Blues Trail marker for Willie Dixon, who's one of my favorites, and then literally saw like four more Blues Trail markers, you know, between Willie Dixon and my destination. So Mm -hmm. the history is deep here, but, you know, there's still a ton of live music happening uh, most nights of the week, and it's just a lot to do in Vicksburg. There's Absolutely. a delicious Lazy Susan restaurant there called Walnut Hills, I think. That's right. And it is great. You know, it is. It, it requires a nap. So yes. when you're working 14-hour days, Walnut Hills is not the best. No, no, spot. no. It's a good place <laughs> um, for like a Saturday or Sunday. That's right. That's right. I have to say, um, yesterday I had a kind of a mid-morning meal, and I went down to a, a new shop, new to me, called The Mad Baker. And uh, there are two young women running this beautiful bakery. You walk in, and I mean, pastries and cookies everywhere. Uh, But I got a cat head biscuit, what they call the cat head biscuit, which is the size of a cat's head uh, with cheese and ham and egg. And Wait, what? The size of a cat's head? (laughs) You thought you were just going to slide that by? (laughs) That's huge. (laughs) I think that's why they call them cat head biscuits, but it was huge. And I didn't, I didn't share it I, I ate every bite and it was amazing <laughs> so you're stubborn with the biscuit all right all right well uh mayor margaret thanks so much for being on uh, did you have any final thoughts about uh people wanted to to visit down there and, and be a part of the backstage pass event or just visit vicksburg in general oh sure well the vicksburg um cvb here is one of the uh, just greatest groups of folks and they've got welcome centers throughout the community so a lot of people enter vicksburg on clay street near where um the military park is and there's a great welcome center just across the way across from the entrance and you can get all of the information you need um at that welcome center but there are others throughout the community um i had a wonderful stay last night at one of the chain hotels um up on what they call hotel hill but there are more unique lodging bed and breakfast options in this community than you can shake a stick at. So I think that um, Vicksburg has a lot to offer, whether you want to do like a girl's getaway or kind of a couple's weekend, mm-hmm. um, or maybe you just want need some time alone. Uh, there's plenty of places to kind of dig in and find your little corner of the world. I'm heading uh, to lunch when I wrap up here today. 
uh, with one of my um, partners here in, in Vicksburg, and we're going to the 10 South rooftop. Now, I know we've talked about this spot on the show before, but they have um, a rooftop restaurant um, right in downtown Pittsburgh that really has some of the best views around. So I'm excited about that. I'll wear my coat, but I'm excited. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we can't wait for you to get back in studio with us, but we hope you're having a great time in Vicksburg. So thank you so much for calling in. We appreciate it, Mary Margaret. Yeah, glad to, glad to call in and um, just want to say that, you know, this is the sixth year for Backstage Pass. We host it every January, but we do move around annually. So if there are communities out there that are interested in hosting Backstage Pass, this is a great collaboration between Visit Mississippi, Mississippi Main Street, and the Mississippi Arts Commission. So we, we look forward to our seventh year in, in 2018. All right. Well, thank you, Mayor Margaret. Well, we'll see you soon. All right. Thank you. All Bye-bye. right. Bye. All right, and now we're going to learn a little bit about the Spring Festival, a Mississippi celebration of the Chinese New Year. I'm joined in studio by uh, Miss Nancy. Good morning to you, and thanks so much for being in today. Good morning, everyone. So tell us a little bit about how this event got started uh, in Jackson. How, how did you come to the realization that you wanted to include the Chinese New Year here in Jackson? Thank you. And then, you know, that uh, the, this, uh, this festival, in fact, uh, this celebration we studied years, years ago. But first of all, we studied in our, uh, on campus, you know, by the student center. And then mm-hmm. we were sponsored by the uh, church. And then by three years ago, the city of Jackson sponsored us. Then, and then so we said this would be a great event. Uh, to Im- to have a great a positive impact on the Greater Jackson, so the city of Jackson and the uh, the the sound like like this year we had the Mississippi Museum of Arts okay sponsored us okay mm-hmm. and then also okay the uh, Chinese uh, Consul General in Houston also sponsor some money to so to have this event so this is the third annual celebration of the spring festival or we call the lunar new year happy new year, new year to everyone again uh, all right thank you uh so tell us about some of the things that are going to be going on are you going to have music and food what kind of music will you have i uh, uh yes uh this event uh, uh first of all we'll start with the outdoor stage gala Okay, we had the traditional Chinese uh, performances like a Tai Chi and like the Chipao show and like uh, the 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 uh, younger younger is the very traditional uh, Chinese folk art which started four thousand years ago. Wow. And then we also have children's performances and then we have music like we also had the classical music from the American participants like mm-hmm. the Millset College and then we have students from Jackson State University to sing the pop songs and then we have uh uh, dancers like the ballet dancers to dance the ballet dances. So, uh, in fact, oh, we also have the instruments like the flute and then the piano on the stage and even the trump. Nice, nice. I mean, the trumpet. Oh, the trumpet, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so, tell us a little bit about the kinds of food that you're going to be serving. Is it going to be uh, specific specific to the uh, the the Chinese community? Uh, yes, we have the Chinese food that you need from the Chinese home kitchen. And we uh, also might have some food to cater the children, like the fried chicken. Uh (laughs) But the Chinese food is, this kind of Chinese food is the home style food, is that we prepared from the Chinese families. So you're welcome to taste the Chinese food to be a Chinese schoolmate. 
Excellent. So remind us once again uh, what time the festival is happening and where it's going to be. Okay, the festival is going to be in the Museum of Art, Art Garden, downtown, historical downtown, located in Alama Street, uh, Pascula Street there. Okay, right in uh, next to the convention center or the Talimara Theatre uh, Hall there, okay? And then the event starts from 10 o'clock with the performance six, the outdoor stage performance six, and then 11 o'clock we had the puppy show, which is the Todd Prince. Uh, the, the Todd Prince, uh, which, uh, it's free, it's a free, okay? And this year it was sponsored by the Museum of Arts and the National Endowments of Art. Okay? Excellent. Well, and the Mississippi Chinese Association. Well, congratulations and thank you so much for being uh, in today. And you can look up the uh, Spring Festival celebration of the Chinese New Year on Facebook and on uh, you can just Google it as well. Thank you so much, uh, Miss Nancy, uh, excuse for being you on. Google. One thing is that the parade, we have the parade starts at Tour Across, Celebration Parade. Okay, right. thank you, everybody. Please come in, join, have a fun and family-oriented day. Absolutely. Thank, thank you. you so much. Sam Wells, thanks for producing the show. That's going to wrap us up here on Next Stop Mississippi. Southern Remedy for Women is up next.